Several weeks ago, we started a sermon series titled, Why Did You Say That, Jesus? The purpose of the series is to confront us with some of the more difficult things that Jesus himself said in the Gospels. We continue that theme today as we go to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. Matthew 5, 38 through 48. This is a part of uh, the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, Give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, give us the level of clarity and engagement and imagination that is required for us to hear this word this morning in a way that that changes us, that opens our eyes, that perhaps makes us a little more like you. We ask that this particular preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen. It all started when he was just a little fellow. The announcement of his birth, it caused the people in power to freak out. They wanted him dead. When he was just a baby, they wanted him dead. And to ensure that he died, the the people in power, they, they issued an order. An order that said every child who was born in and around the place he was born, that was under the age of two, they were to be massacred. That's how bad they wanted them dead. But thankfully, His family, they fled to Egypt. 
They fled to Egypt and he was spared. Sadly, a lot of other babies weren't. After he grew up, he faced off with the devil, the one who tempts, the enemy of creation. Forty days and forty nights he fasted. His body was famished. And the devil being the, the great opportunist that the devil is, the devil felt as if this was the time. This was the opportunity that he might be able to conquer him. So he faced off with the devil. He faced off with evil. Face to face. His cousin John, the one who had been preparing the way for him, his cousin John the baptizer, was murdered by enemies. People who did not like him or did not like his message, this message of repentance. They chopped off his cousin's head. When he went back to his own hometown, his hometown of Nazareth, he stood up before his hometown family of faith. He stood up before the congregation and he read aloud some scriptures. And then he offered them a word on those scriptures. And they got so angry at the words that he said that they tried to run him off of a cliff. These were not some kings or governors or rulers. This wasn't the devil. This was his own people. They tried to run him off of a cliff. And later on, it would be one of his friends, one of his closest companions, one of his closest followers. He would hand him over to the authorities. And he would do so with a kiss, a sign of love, a sign of affection. As it would turn out, this would be a kiss of death. To make matters worse, his other friends, even his most trusted, they would deny him. In an act of self-preservation, once he was in custody, they fled. We do not know this man. What are you talking about? We do not know him. When asked if they were one of his followers, the answer was, I am not, I am not, I am not. They denied him when he needed them the most. The arresting parties, 
they would mock him. So now he's betrayed and denied and on the way to what he knew would be a painful end. And now they mock him. But not only did they mock him, but they, they beat him as well. They blindfolded him. They blindfolded him. And as they beat him, they would, they would say, well, prophesy, tell us who it is that is hitting you. Which one of us is hitting you now? Prophesy, tell us. After this brutal act, the religious uh, folks took him to the political power's palace. Surely he would show no partiality. He was examined by the head man in charge. The head man in charge deemed him to have done no wrong. Just give him a good flogging, he said. But the crowd, the crowd cried out for his death. No, a, a flogging will suffice, said the person of power. No, the crowd replied. I find him to be innocent, the rulers said. Give us Barabbas, they shouted. The mob shouts, give us Barabbas. We want Barabbas. Set free Barabbas. Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. As you wish, said the one called Pilate. He was made to carry his own instrument of death. Already beaten, already bloody, already broken. He was forced to carry his own cross. A good portion of the way, at least. They took nails. No, more, more like spikes. Like a, a railroad tie spike. And they drove it through his flesh and bone to attach his body to that cross. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine the, the amount of violent force that is required to nail him there? They took a crown made out of thorns in an effort to mock him even more. They placed it on his head. They pressed it into his brow. So you're a king, huh? His executors gambled for his clothing. They literally played games at his feet to see who would get what when his body finally expired. The crowd continued to mock him. Oh, so you can save others? Well, why don't you save yourself? The 
And he cried, I thirst. I thirst. So they took a sponge and they filled it with sour wine. And they gave it to him. They mocked him some more. And finally, a spear pierced his side. And it was finished. Once he was spending some time with a crowd of folks and he was doing some some preaching and some teaching. And he told the crowd, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give them your cloak as well. Give them your clothes. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also a second mile. You've heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of God. He told them this. When a lot of bad things that he did not deserve to have happened to him had already happened to him. And they happened at the hands of other people. He told them this knowing that far worse things were going to happen to him at the hands of other people. Far worse things that he would not deserve to have happen. And that's the thing. He didn't deserve any of it. He was innocent. He did no wrong. He was blameless. He was without sin. He was perfect. How dare we How dare we ever pretend as if there is some wrong that someone has done to us that is just too much? We are not perfect. We are not blameless. We are not without sin. Quite the opposite. How dare we pretend that our enemies are so bad that we must retaliate? How dare we pretend that just because our neighbor votes different than us or has different perspectives on other matters now politicized that we must fight, that they are our enemy. This goes for all enemies, by the way, not just the political ones. Don't get it twisted. You know who yours are. You know. How dare we hate 
How dare we be bitter? How dare we be resentful? How dare we be so quick to anger? How dare we judge another? How dare we pretend that the offenses we incur are worthy of retribution at the levels with which we currently respond? They crucified him. Jesus did not die so that we could be all-powerful and thus able to lay waste to our enemies. Jesus died for us and our enemies. And in doing so, Jesus shows that true power comes from weakness. Meekness. Humility. Forgiveness and love. And you better be glad that he did. The fact of the matter is, is that Jesus died for the very people who denied him. Jesus died for those who abandoned him. Jesus died for those who wanted to kill him. And Jesus died for those who did kill him. For the Herods. For the people of Nazareth. Jesus died for Judas. For Barabbas. For Pilate. For Peter. For us. You see, that's the thing. It's so easy for us to forget. We are the kiss of Judas. We are Peter saying, I am not, I am not, I am not. We are the crowd shouting, give us Barabbas. We are the thorn that is pressed into his brow. We are the spikes in his flesh. Praise God that Jesus turns the other cheek. Maybe one day the weight of that reality will sink in and we will learn to do the same in response to him doing it first for us. Until it sinks in, let's let our crucified Redeemer have the final word. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, Turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give them your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone 
who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be the children of God. For he makes his sun rise. He makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. Let us pray. God, thank you for showing us the way in Christ. We thank you that you've not only shown us the way, but you've led us to the way. Thank you for turning the other cheek for us. As people of the way, help us to do better. It is in the name of the crucified one that we pray. And all God's people say,